Welcome to the Connected Caroline Show, where each week we talk to founders, entrepreneurs, influencers, authors, and people just like you. And we all believe that mission and money can coexist, and purpose inspires profit. Let's get started. Hi, welcome to today's Connected Caroline Show. I have Sabo Shan, who is an entrepreneur, a tech and cannabis industry entrepreneur turned personal and professional development um, coach. And I can't wait to talk to you about your transition from one to the other. And I'm sure the listeners will be excited to hear your journey as well. So welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Caroline. Wonderful. So let's start from where we, our paths intersected in the cannabis industry. And you were a founder of um, a couple of companies, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, And then I discovered that you had sort of really pivoted your whole life and decided to start um, Sabo Nose. And it's a personal and professional development company that is very much in line with what the Connected Caroline show is all about. Absolutely. So, you know, I've been fortunate enough to find my passion um, a handful of times in my life. And what's interesting is each time that I found my passion, whether it was in the high-tech space, um, in the cannabis space, or even now in the uh, personal development space, you know, I noticed that it's very easy. It's very easy to first be um, very in alignment with your spirit and soul. And then at least in my case, once I started making money, once I started climbing the social ladder or the hierarchy, you know, like I I myself started losing sight of why I originally started doing whatever it is that I was doing and really started focusing on profits over passion. And every time I got imbalanced, I realized I could bring myself back to center. And every time I brought myself back to center, I would actually find myself interested in new things. So cannabis and being healthy was you know, two of my core values uh, uh, growing up, especially part of my adult life. And when I started feeling burnout from the cannabis industry, you know, that was a tough pill to swallow because my companies weren't doing very well in the initial years. And towards the end, you know, we started seeing more and more profits, which were always the things that I thought would make me feel more secure and more stable. But um, in actuality, as we became more profitable, um, I just started feeling more burnt out, you know, less passionate about what I was doing. And ultimately, like I said, I needed to just find alignment again within myself. And one of the things that really helped me was a a psychological developmental model called spiral dynamics that talks about the eight stages of consciousness someone goes through in their lifetime. And uh, stage five is what they call the achiever stage. And in the achiever stage, it's all about external achievements, accomplishments. It's all about like being logical and rational. Um, and being a, a person of your word, you know, you do what you say and things of that nature. So once I discovered spiral dynamics, I noticed literally all of my friends, myself included, were stuck in stage five. And if you realize that, you know, stage five is just barely past the halfway point and there's three more stages above that, then there's so much more of life that you could explore beyond being an entrepreneur. And that concept is the one that set me free. You know, once I learned about that, I realized, oh, this is why I'm no longer satisfied with being an entrepreneur. I've done the things that were required to experience that achiever stage. And the more I tried to experience the achiever stage by accomplishing more and more, you know, the more stress that I felt and 
the less fulfillment I felt because I was chasing something that I would never catch. So going back in your past, were you as a, as a student, as a kid, I mean, you were a very young, successful tech entrepreneur. Um, were you always very driven or was there a panging, like your, was your soul like knocking on the door saying, Hey, there's something else you're missing. Like walk us through that. Yeah. Great, great question. So I would say that my father was always, was always insisting that I was a driven person. Um, I very much looked up to my father. I wanted his approval. So based on his teachings to me, you know, um, I became a very driven person, but I think deep down, I was always quite a spiritual person, uh, relying on my intuition to guide me. And many times I would confuse, you know, like advice from other people um, with my own intuition. And I would need like validation from other people that I respected in order to follow my intuition. But yeah, it's very interesting because growing up in California, you know, I knew people that were millionaires in their mid to late or early to mid 20s. And so at least on the surface, they appeared to be the happiest people. So I thought, okay, this must be the path. And so when my father was teaching me how to work hard, how to be disciplined, how to grind, you know, I saw all of these as attributes that would really help me accomplish these external achievements. But I also, uh, halfway through, I realized like I've achieved a lot of the things that I set out to achieve, but there was no feeling of purpose or fulfillment. It was always chasing things. And that's when I realized I had to return to a more spiritual path, one that had more to do how I felt inside versus anything that I could achieve on the outside. So yeah, that's kind of a long convoluted answer. But yeah, so I believe that I've always known that that was a part of me. But as I grew up, um, society, my parents, my peers, you know, whoever I was hanging out with, like, I didn't feel safe being that type of person, but I felt very safe being a hard charging entrepreneur. Well, listen, I totally thank you for that answer is not long and convoluted. It was it was great because I think so many people and especially at this time are realizing that they've had these spiritual um, foundations that are built inside them. And, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about the patriarchal society that we have all grown up in in the last couple hundred years that has taken is, is being shifted out of completely now. And so uh, you're right on schedule. I mean, I, and what's so wonderful is that because you are an entrepreneur, you're a leader, um, that you have embraced your true path. And now you'll be able to help others like make that transition because it's not that difficult when you're giving yourself approval, right? It's just a self of like, I, it's okay. I'm going to do something different than my family wants me to do. I'm going to, I, I love that you said um, that you look to other external people to confirm your intuition. I did that my whole life with, and I still do, but differently with astrology, you know, and getting readings and, and understanding my chart. Now I am embracing understanding my chart for myself as a tool to confirming my intuitions. And as you grow older, I'll tell you, you just know when your gut says something, that's what you do. I think that someone told me that years ago, um, yes is a hell yes. And a maybe and a, and a maybe is a hell no. Because when your gut is saying maybe, it's really leaning towards no, but their ego gets involved and, and is like, oh, maybe we'll do that. Anyway, what do you think about all of that? 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, that's exactly how I live my life right now, unless it's a hell yeah. It's just a no. You know, I, I realize that I'm going to be 46 next month, or actually tomorrow. I'm going to be 46 oh, happy tomorrow. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And I realized, you know, um, life is short, you know, like uh, I think I I had in my own mind, like I'd make it to 90 years old. So I'm at the halfway point of my life right now. And yeah, you know, um, kind of understanding the limitations of the longevity of life, you know, had really kind of, you know, reshuffled the priorities of my life. And I do believe um, that, you know, being hyper-focused on being accountable and responsible and being able to feel confident that any external achievements that you want to achieve are within your capabilities. I do believe that is um, a certain part of life that is important to cultivate, but ultimately, you know, the most important thing is to be able to trust yourself, to trust your intuition, to know that you were born with an internal wisdom that will guide you. And when I say it'll guide you, it won't always guide you to things that will be easy and effortless. Many times it will guide you to many challenging things. But I argue that your spirit, your soul, in order to expand your consciousness, it must be challenged. And, you know, this is why dynasties and sports are so valued, which is when you're winning all the time, it's hard to, you know, stay at the top and, you know, keep that student's mentality. But when you get knocked down, you try to figure things out. And by figuring things out, it usually leads to an expansion of consciousness. And the expansion of consciousness is such an interesting topic to me because I found that as you expand your consciousness, you know, the world doesn't change, but the way you interact and view and navigate the world absolutely does change. So in many ways, I do feel like as you dig deeper within yourself, you give yourself the ability to live a much more engaging, purpose-driven, and fulfilling life by being able to not just view life through multiple lenses, but it, um, experience life through multiple uh, lenses and viewpoints. I love that. You know, um, we we both were in the cannabis space at the same time, and I too got burned out on all the, it, it was, it, it's not for the faint at heart because of the energies around it. Um, and the people that were coming in so quickly. And um, how do you position it to the people that are still just waking up to what you've already been awakened to? Um, yeah. And and because I know, well, I guess where I'm going with this is that I'm sure that because people were watching you in that space um, as a successful, you know, uh, entrepreneur. Now they're looking at you going, God, look how happy he is. Look at, he totally left like the Bay area and lives in a smaller town and seems so much more at peace and really doing what his soul is telling him to do. I want some of that. How do you, how do you transition those? Probably uh, I'm going to be sexist, but you know, the men in the cannabis space that you are around, um, are they coming to you saying, what are you doing? I want some of it. And what do I have to do to get that? So I, I tend to think of myself as an alignment coach, you know, just getting mm -hmm. your mind, body and spirit aligned. Um, however, people think about it, that's up to them. I've called myself a transformation coach, a manifestation coach, just, you know, different things and really trying to figure out like, you know, what do I have to offer? And mostly it's just, you know, really trying to help people live a life of equanimity, you know, mm -hmm. one where big things don't need to happen in order for them to feel happy with their lives, being able to be grateful for, you know, even the small things, you know, the story that I shared yesterday was, you know, when I woke up my daughter, she just smiled and said, 
good morning with this big smile. And, you know, it just filled me with like so much gratitude that I carried throughout the day. And um, it's kind of funny that you asked this question because I was able to transition so easily from being a CEO to a coach. And I had never coached before. You know, coaching was a brand new thing that I discovered during COVID because I was on a lot of Zoom calls and I met a bunch of coaches that were on there and I asked them what they were doing and they described their occupation to me. But I initially started coaching other burnt out entrepreneurs right. in the cannabis space, you yeah. know, and that was, and actually that still makes up probably 30 to 40% of my business, which is so many people have been outsourcing their inner joy and happiness mm. to external accomplishments. And many of these people, like I said, you know, if you look at their resumes, you'd be like, well, you've accomplished so much. You went to like one of these top tier schools, you've had these exits, or even if you haven't had an exit, you're holding some senior leadership position at companies that people have heard of yet they still feel empty inside. So, you know, it's been my pleasure to be able to just share my personal story. You know, I don't think of myself as like a guru or a master. I just think of myself more like a big brother of like, hey, you know, big brother, this is what I did. It works for me. You know, if my lifestyle resonates with you, I'll teach you what works for me. But if it doesn't resonate with you, you know, go find someone like Tony Robbins or whoever else that may be more in alignment with where you're resonating at right now. And so a lot of like my coaching methodology, you know, just goes back to frequency and vibration. And um, I learned about spirituality through quantum physics. You know, I was studying quantum physics. I'm very much a rational, logical person. And even though I've done plant medicine ceremonies and had all sorts of transcendent experiences, I just thought, oh, well, I took an exogenous molecule. This one's called dimethyltryptamine. It's literally called the spirit molecule. Of course, I'm going to have a transcendent experience. But as I started reading more about quantum physics and how everything is made of a wave and a particle, and a wave is literally just a vibration, and the particle is a physical manifestation of that vibration. So literally everything is just densities of vibration. So when hippies say, hey, man, you're the wrong vibe or the right <laughs> vibe, you know, like they literally are speaking in the language of quantum physics. And what I understand of music and harmony is that certain vibrations are in harmony with each other and others are discordant. So a lot of the way I live my life is how do I get into the right harmonic balance with whatever reality I want to be living in and manifesting and live in accordance to that. And, you know, it's been such a huge change for me. Uh, my wife sees me around a lot more. My kids have their father around and from a financial perspective, you know, I'm just as abundant as ever, but from a actual putting in the work perspective, you know, it's a fraction of the amount of hours that I used to put in. And, you know, in my old previous thinking, it was like, I need to see it, feel it, smell it, touch it, prove it to me. Now in my current framework, it's more about when I believe it, then I'll see it. And it's such like an opposite way of thinking. And I got to tell you, most of my clients like fight me for the first eight weeks out of the 16 week program. And then about eight weeks in, they start saying, yeah, the way you view the world is a quality of your thinking. And you really do have the way to view it in the way that you want. So how do we become, how do we become masters of our own mind where we're not at the mercy of our thoughts, but we're actually shepherding the thoughts that bring us abundance and ignoring the thoughts that bring us into negative spaces um, within our mental health. Has your business grown uh, word of mouth um, mostly? How do you, speaking of your your uh, workshop, um, your course, you want to talk a little bit about 
more about that and what it entails? Yeah. Um, so it's been primarily word of mouth and I just make one Instagram and TikTok video a day. Mm -hmm. And then I spend the rest of my time writing articles that, that resonate with me as far as things that have worked for me as far as improving my mental health or physical health or emotional health. And, um, this is kind of the beauty of it, which is, you know, what I teach is to follow your passion and to put in as much effort into your passion as possible. And when you encounter roadblocks or challenges, use them as catalysts for growth. So a lot of what I teach is exactly what I'm trying to demonstrate in my real life, which is I have a passion for expressing myself and helping others. So I create YouTube videos and TikTok videos, and I write newsletter articles to my mailing list. And by doing the things that bring me the most joy, I believe that that also allows me to achieve this authentic vibration that attracts certain types of people to me. And the more in alignment I am with my frequency, um, it's not just that I get clients, but I get clients that are almost like a perfect match for me. Mm -hmm. So so for myself, like I don't think I would have ever hired a coach like myself until my 40s. You know, in my 30s, it was I would want performance coaches. How do I make better marketing programs? How do I scale my business? How do I save money on operations? How do I make the supply chain leaner? Right. And so I realized that like from a vibrational frequency, like the more authentic I am in my marketing or in my outreach, the easier it is for me to attract clients that are right in line with the types of teachings that I want to disseminate to others. This is so, so, so good. All of it. I love it. Um, very inspiring. And I, I love the, I just love opening this dialogue for others to hear. What are some of the resources that people can uh, reach out to, to get some information on what you're talking about? What comes to mind for me is Abraham Hicks. Um, the other thing is that comes to mind for me when I say that is that it's, it's when you have to be completely open if you if this is all new to you the spiritual like path um completely open to reading and researching lots of different types of modalities right i mean you talked yeah. about yeah so let's talk about that and then we'll get into um the microdosing um well we'll get into microdosing <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely so so yes i am familiar with abraham hicks and i was surprised to find out she was a female you know i had just heard this name abraham hicks and one of my clients was such a huge fan of abraham hicks and she was saying like a lot of the same things that i taught was similar to mm -hmm. abraham's teachings so i started watching abraham's teachings and for those that are listening abraham is a fifth density entity that a woman named Esther Hicks channels. Now, two, three years ago, if someone told me to listen to Abraham Hicks, if you listen to her, she's amazing. But if you, at least for me, if you, if I was told she's a fifth density entity from, you know, the Pleiades that a woman from earth is channeling, it would have, it would have um, diluted the message for me at that time, thinking this sounds like some snake oil, CBD totally salesman type stuff. Way too woo-woo for people. But yes, that's where I said it's important to be open to yes. all kinds of different modalities because you'll be surprised that what she's teaching is very similar energetic matching. You know, your vibrational Absolutely. match is what you'll get 
when you have that vibrate, when you yourself have a certain vibration, um, it's all up to you, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's really, it's really in your hands and it's wonderful that that's the case. Um, so go ahead, continue. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah. And before I mentioned some other people, you know, like um, for the, those listening, you know, channeling is, is actually something I practice every single day. Now I channel myself and the reason why I got into channeling was as I dived uh, further into the neurophysiology of the brain, you start realizing that those that are master meditators could go from alpha uh, or from beta to alpha to theta. They could also make their brain waves go up to gamma. And if you start understanding that, like each time your brain goes to a different frequency, you have a different experience of reality. And so it, it quickly started making sense to me that like, your brain is more like a antenna than a source of consciousness. And what I mean by this is like an antenna brings in like a radio station. And when it's dialed into a specific frequency, it brings in that radio station. But every single other radio station is in the air at the same time. And so what I realized in my own meditations was I used to just call them downloads. I'm getting these downloads mm -hmm. and I didn't really understand um you know, where they were coming from. And then that's why I started studying the neurophysiology. So what I realized what the channelers were doing was they were simply tapping into a certain frequency where they could access different portals of information. And so that's what has become super interesting to me was being able to not just access intelligence from books and podcasts and, and, and shows on earth, but Really, you know, in my opinion, channeling, whether um, Esther is channeling Abraham or Daryl Anka is channeling Pashar is, mm -hmm. you know, most likely you're channeling a higher version of yourself. And so whether you think about it as a separate entity or your higher self, or I just say portals of knowledge to my logical, rational, you know, engineering type friends, um, they seem to like that word. <laughs> and, and being able to get information that is so helpful to other people that you didn't necessarily have to read in a book, you know, to me is amazing. And so my whole spiritual journey was I didn't read any spiritual texts or teachings because I came from a logical, rational background. And I was afraid, like if I heard that I would see a jaguar or an elephant or, you know, an eagle type imagery that that would, that would influence um, some of the experiences that I was having. So I kind of took the opposite route, which was I committed to 90 minutes of meditating every day. I journaled everything that I experienced and, and was important to me, like the insights. And then after I felt comfortable with the amount of self-knowledge that I accumulated, I started speaking to my friends that were much more spiritually advanced than me. And then as I was laying these things out, they would say, oh yeah, that's similar to what Abraham says, or this is similar to something that, you know, some scripture in the Bible or something in the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita, or, you know, so I started like going, oh, wow. You know, like I really am getting information that is outside of myself and it's more or less analogous to what is in the spiritual text just explained in, you know, the way I explain things. And that really was the thing that cemented that, you know, spirituality really wasn't just some woo-woo thing. There's, there's a lot of evidence and um, science coming out especially in the quantum physics that I believe supports a lot of these things that used to be mystical and woo-woo and now being able to talk about it in a scientific language. And to me, that is the exciting part is, as you were saying, I believe there's going to be some intersection where science, spirituality, 
profits and passion will all be able to intersect and we will be able to live lives that are um, much less stressful and much more purpose-driven. Oh my God, I could just talk to you forever. Do you have a, a, a TED talk or something like that uh, that you've done on this topic? Because you should, um, because you really know how to articulate the synthesis of the two things. That's, it's not that it's rare. It's just so exciting. It's so exciting to me that you are um, communicating these concepts. It really, really is because um, it's exactly what's happening in our world right now. It's, it's, you know, it's, they're going to come together and it's beautiful and it is good for humanity. We are all connected. Do you believe that every human being is connected? Uh, absolutely. Um, I believe in non-dualism um, to me. That makes even more rational, logical sense than just, you know, kind of like the Big Bang reductionist yeah. uh, approach. And, you know, quantum physics has also shown that all material items are less than 0. 0.000, I believe it's 23 zeros, 1% solid matter. And so, um, yeah, things like the matrix where they thought, are we in a simulation or is this objective reality? Quantum physics has more or less shown that Newtonian physics is outdated. You know, it's outdated. Maybe the physics engine for 3D space-time is correct for our specific universe, but I do believe in the many worlds theory or mm -hmm. everything everywhere all at once. So everything that has ever happened, everything that will happen is all happening simultaneously in parallel dimensions and uh, alternate timelines. So I absolutely believe that we are all one. And the way that in the... um in the modality that I think makes the most sense is it's another channeling, um, the law of one. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, mm -hmm. but in the law of one, it just talks about the seven densities of consciousness. And essentially, each density is to give you a certain experience. But in the third density of humans or humanoid type creatures where you first have self-awareness, the ego is given to you to make you feel like you are separate from others. And mm -hmm. from my understanding... And my own experience is part of the game is going from being I'm Sabo, I'm doing this all myself, I'm accomplishing all of this myself, to surrendering and understanding that, oh, Caroline, myself, we're all actually the same people, but living in a different viewpoint. And the best analogy I could give is when you play video games, like role-playing games, you could control like five characters, 10 characters, 100 characters, and you are the over soul consciousness controlling all those characters and all those characters think they're independent of each other, but they're actually all part of the same person controlling it. So I definitely 100% believe that consciousness is fundamental. Space time is not fundamental. Space time is created through consciousness and consciousness has been experiencing itself through Caroline, through myself, through everyone listening since the beginning of time, I'm doing air quotes here because time we only experience <laughs> linearly in 3D space time, and we'll be doing that for infinity. And to me, that is a very um, calming realization to understand that allows me to live my life more like a video game, you know, to really follow my passions, even if it doesn't look like there's a direct monetization route, and just trust that my higher self is pointing me in this direction so that I will uncover and unearth whatever stones need to be unearthed to learn more about myself, either through things that I love or things that don't resonate with my particular frequency. Oh, so amazing. So great. Sabo, <laughs> really. So I, 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 I just could listen to you all day. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up. Um, so 
what's one thing that every everybody listening or watching this uh, podcast can take home with them and do right now, right this minute? Yeah. So I think maybe one of the most valuable concepts that was shared to me is your thoughts lead to your feelings, which lead to your actions, which lead to your results. And positive thoughts, negative thoughts, you know, they're not in our control. Thoughts just flow in and out of our brain. And that that was actually one of the things that made me realize that, you know, your brain isn't the originator of consciousness or your thoughts. If it was the source of the thoughts, you would be able to turn it off, but it's more like an antenna just receiving messages. Mm -hmm. So if you become more aware of the thoughts that are coming into your mind and understand which ones to interact with and which ones to let go, you know, your thoughts will then lead to your feelings, then to your actions, to your results. So positive thoughts, positive feelings, positive actions tends to be positive results. And of course, there's outliers to this model like any other model, but this general framework um, was the one that really gave me the biggest jump in ability to understand that my thoughts are not me and the thoughts that are negative, the ones that make me feel negative feelings, I could absolutely let those go. So perhaps something more tactical is if you think about your thoughts as actors auditioning on a stage and your attention is a spotlight, well, once you put attention on a negative thought, that negative thought is going to perform more exuberantly. And the same with the positive thought. So you absolutely have the ability to point the spotlight where you want and um Having a strong meditation practice definitely allows you to focus that spotlight longer on wherever you want it to be um, focused on. So that's probably the single thing, if I could just share one that I think could benefit the audience the most. Thank you so much. That's totally great. Yeah. And I just want to also say there's no wrong meditating. People don't meditate because they're like, I'm doing it wrong. Well, just sitting quiet is, is start there, you know, start there. And there's tons of great uh, meditation, uh, guided meditations out there and apps. So I agree. That's key because when I don't meditate, it shows. <laughs> it really, Me too. It really does. So Sabo Shen, thank you. Sabo Knows is the name of the company. And all the uh, his contact information and everything will be in the notes. And um, I just want to thank you so, so much for being on the Connected Caroline show. It's really been a joy to have you on. And um, I would love to have you back. I mean, I'm thinking, God, we could just pick one thing to talk about and we could talk about it for an hour, <laughs> you, know? Oh. you know, one little element. But uh, yes, um, I appreciate I appreciate you um, sharing all of your wisdom and 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 personal personal journey with with my audience. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And I hope the audience is now curious about Abraham Hicks or Bashar. <laughs> they're they're really awesome to listen to. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Caroline. I enjoyed being on this podcast and being able to share some of my thoughts. Thank you. So that's a wrap, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. And until next time, this is Caroline with Connected Caroline. Make it a giving day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Connected Caroline Show. If you're gaining value from these conversations, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and watch the video of this interview on YouTube, all at Connected Caroline. For more tools, resources, and the latest news, and to subscribe, please visit us at our website, connectedcaroline.com. Connected Caroline.